0: Hello and welcome to Sex at Every Size, where two sisters, Haley Roush and Cassie Willnauer give you all the latest pop culture gaffes and answer listener questions about all things body image and sexuality. We want to offer a disclaimer here that this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice.
1: I just wanted to formally introduce you guys to the frog in my throat that's not going to go away.
0: <laughs> it's been a minute and she's still hanging
1: out. <laughs> Seal, frog, unclear. No one knows which one it is. It's terrible.
0: Are you feeling better at least? Eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, the pop culture thing that I brought for us to discuss, I'm wondering if you heard about it at all before now. Oh, yeah. This actually happened kind of a, a little while ago. Yes. This interview is just new.
1: Oh. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. So it all started with I believe a TikTok by this woman after she had visited the doctor and was severely body shamed and um was completely dismissed of all of anything that she had to say because of her body weight um and she posted a TikTok and then that like right after this appointment she was still in her car and then that kind of snowballed.
0: Yes. So her name's Amanda Lee and she's the one that posted the TikTok video. She's wearing like a striped shirt and she was crying a lot and just talking about how she went to the doctor because she's had severe abdominal pain for like a month and she like has rapidly lost a significant amount of weight because every time she eats, it causes her gastrointestinal distress and stomach pain. Um, And so she goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, well, I mean, that's not really a bad thing, is it? Because and like,
1: this is a GI doctor. Right. So, like, he, he like, I mean, all doctors should know better, but, like,
0: he knows better. Right. So, he was praising the fact that she wasn't eating and basically saying, like, you don't look malnourished. You're probably fine. Good to go. And kind of sent her on her way. So, she was really upset because she felt really dismissed. She posted the TikTok video. It kind of blew up. A lot of people saw it. Um, and then, recently, she was interviewed for the Today Show. There's a lot kind of between... There and now, um, there's a couple of different things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the incident itself and um, the situation that she faced because of this. And then I also want to talk about the article itself and the way that it was, or the interview itself and the way that it was framed. So when it comes to the incident that happened, it actually turned out that she has like stage 3A colon cancer. I don't really know what the different stages and letters mean, but it is not great. Like, she had surgery and is doing chemotherapy at this point. So, um, it's not like nothing was wrong. And it's also, I mean,
1: regardless of stage, she has cancer. Right. So, or regardless of cancer, something's wrong
0: with her. Right. So, we already know, like, based on research that medical professionals tend to... Not necessarily take the pain of women seriously. Um, so that's a thing. But then there's kind of this added element of her being a fat person and him just being like, oh, I mean, you know, a little stomach flu, gets you to your goal weight, no big deal. <laughs> like, there's that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like we all know that okay, we don't all know, I'm sorry. Um that's not true. <laughs> one of the classic signs of cancer is unexplained weight loss. And weight loss is the biggest is one of like the, the biggest things we look at as determining what the outcome of cancer is going to be. So, as a dietitian on my side of things, what we do whenever we are speaking with people who have cancer, our biggest goal is to keep them eating enough to where they don't lose any weight, regardless of their size. So that also, just like put some put into perspective, like all of this. Like basically Not weight loss isn't always
0: healthy. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, weight <laughs> loss isn't always healthy. And also like if you're having unexplained weight loss, that means there's something else going on most of the time. Like people, like if, if there's nothing else has changed and you're just like randomly losing weight, that needs to be taken seriously.
0: I mean, yeah. Um, So there's that, like, there's the the aspect of her just, like, being not taken seriously because she's a woman. But I also kind of want to talk about how she's, like, a small fat person. Yeah. Like, she's not, she's, you know, not living in the most marginalized body that we typically, you know, could look to as, like, well, yeah, like, you walk in and someone's an asshole to you and tells you that it's great that you lost so much weight, you know. It just kind of goes to show that, like how bad must it be for the people who are significantly larger than her?
1: Right. If she's facing this level of uh, oppression, then, I mean, what are other people facing? Absolutely. And I think it also goes to show that um, how much doctors value thin bodies in general because you can be not very overweight and still completely dismissed of all of your GI symptoms by a GI specialist. Yep. Absolutely. And something that he says is, well, you don't look malnourished. Um, fat people can be malnourished, okay? You don't have, like, that is not, do you not know the definition of, of malnourished? Like, do you not know how to diagnose malnourished? Like, I don't... Possibly he does
0: not. <laughs> no, I, obviously not. But, like, as a doctor, like, what are you doing? Especially a GI doctor. Like, you you should... Probably know this. That it seems reasonable. You should probably know this, but know. absolutely so you should know this. The other aspect of this that's bothering me is like the way that it was framed on the Today Show. So on the Today Show, it was talking about like it. The the headliner of that segment was it, this is under like their Wellness Wednesday segment, um, and the headline is like dangers of gender bias at the doctor, or I don't know something like that. And so I'm going like. This isn't really just gender bias, though. And it kind of annoys me that that's how it's being framed. Like, that's what it was under? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's like what the headline says. And then when they talk about it, that's how they talk about it. Yeah, that's super annoying.
1: That's not just what this is.
0: No, not at all.
1: And they know that gender bias is something that the media is more likely to digest better. Yeah, exactly. And so they framed it that way instead of actually calling it what it is, which was fat phobia.
0: Right. And like, this is so not a criticism of Amanda, the the person who was interviewed, like not a criticism of her at all. Like, and she did a really good job in the clips that were um, included. Like, you know, I guess to today's show's credit, either she was only like very much hammering home the fat phobia piece or they actually did what they should do and, and included that in the interview. So, you know, she did talk about that, but it's just not... It's not how things were talked about, like, in the little roundtable, like, interview or, um, like, discussion section of the show. And I just have feelings about that.
1: Like, Like, I don't, like, what was their point? Are they trying to get more people to click on it? Are they trying to get more people to actually read the content and care about the content so they had to label it with something else? I don't, it's hard to tell what their intent was with this. And it doesn't sit with me well, though.
0: No, and that's like, I mean, how they, like, the opening of that segment was, like, they are sitting there and they're talking about the, like, different statistics on research that was done, I think it was in, like, 2019, and the percentages of men and percentages of women that believe that gender bias is an issue in the medical field, and it was... I guess, significant. I don't, I don't don't recall the numbers specifically, but it's just like that was very clearly how they were framing it to be about, specifically be about the gender aspect of it. Okay. And I, I understand that that might reach more audiences, but I just am ready for us to be at a point where like people would actually take this shit seriously.
1: Well, I feel like it's pretty obvious what she what what point she was trying to make with with her tiktoks and everything because i i know that after that initial tiktok that she posted she had ended up i think she did a couple of other ones or at least one other one talking about how she she was now you know she got another doctor and she's now diagnosed with cancer and then i believe like actually dr joshua walrich
0: did um something on it as well um he did an interview with her for his own podcast okay okay yeah
1: Yes, I listened to that, Mm -hmm. actually. Okay, that's why this all is coming back to me. Um, And so all of that's very clear what this is about. And so it's a little frustrating, whatever, you know, a big news,
0: whatever. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, do I realize that the Today Show is not necessarily like, it is more entertainment than news, you know, in air quotes. But
1: still, I mean, regardless, the information that they should provide is...
0: Yeah, and I think, like, yes, absolutely, gender bias is a real thing. I just think, like, they're kind of, like, trying to throw, like, a wide net. And I get that because that's their jobs, like, if viewers and blah, blah, blah. Like, I get that. I know that they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing, but I feel frustrated that we couldn't just make it a story about... Well,
1: not only is it dismissive to all fat people, but it's really dismissive
0: to what actually happened to Amanda, Yes, that's really how I feel about it. And so I guess i and part of what I was thinking when I saw it and, and like watched the clip was like, I bet she's disappointed. Like, yeah, it, like it's wonderful that she was able to get her story out there. And I'm so glad that like she was true to the story and, and really hammered home that like this was about her body size and good for her. I, I don't think it would have been possible for her to tell her story without that, because that was such a big part of it. You know, the doctor's like congratulating her like, oh, yeah, well, you know, good for you. You'll lose some weight not so bad not to eat blah blah blah. <laughs> so, yeah. I I'm, I'm glad that she was able to tell her story, but I also I don't know, there's just this piece of me that's like really today show.
1: I wish she would have been able to yeah, like would have been I bet she would have wanted to tell her story under <laughs> the correct premise.
0: Yeah. And I know this happens to people when they're interviewed, and I think it's the reason why so many people are real shy about being interviewed, and that's fair. Uh, it just was one of those things where I was like, damn them. <laughs> it just shows how, like, how we perceive these right. things. Like We're clearly not in a society yet where people are willing to have empathy for fat people. So instead, there's a sliver of people who might be willing to have empathy for women. So we'll talk about it as gender bias. And that makes more people have empathy, gets them more clicks, more views, and they're happy. That's
1: 100% what it is. That is 100% what it is. We're 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 way more ready to talk about gender bias than we are about fat phobia. It's just, we've talked about this before, about how it feels like, and not only does it feel this way, but that's accurate. Um, it, it just feels like we are so behind on the advocacy for fat people like we have, you know, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we need more advocates for all things in general, um, but
0: but like we're finally on the page where like people are actually being much more careful about the things that they say. I realize that as a liberal person who's not quiet about being liberal and not quiet about where I stand on things like Black Lives Matter, that perhaps that's just my perception because people have realized where to steer conversations <laughs> when they speak <laughs> right. to me. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, as we've talked about, like I have really carefully curated my social media feeds so that they don't make me angry. Um, <laughs> so I realize that I may not be seeing it, but it does seem as though there's a like huge swaths of people now. That are very much ready to call out racism when they see it, and those same people wouldn't necessarily be in that on that same page when it comes to the oppression that fat people face. So
1: exactly, yeah, exactly. And our our little sister actually, she I have talked about this with her um, before, and so every single time she comes across something, because obviously our sister is seven years younger than me. So she's like in a completely different generation. Yes. (laughs) And so her social medias are going to look a lot different than ours. And so um, every time she comes across something that one of her fellow peers has posted that is like, you know, again anti-weight stigma or anti-fatness or, you know, all that she always like sends it to me she's like see we really are trying to do the work over here and it's like that's so wonderful that makes me so happy um uh I think I'm so that's nice I I just I think want I'm a like little bit everyone to catch up yeah exactly <laughs> like so it's nice that the, like the younger generation is starting to get this at, at already but um if everyone could just hop on board <laughs> yeah hop on this bandwagon let's go yeah,
0: we are ready for it. Yeah, that's really how I feel, too. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to, like, wait for slow progress. And, you know, obviously there's two schools of thought on whether or not we wait for that or demand it. And, you know,
1: like it's you, hard. Like you said
0: on one of the episode I think, that's coming out today. Like, I can't advocate for everything. I have to have a day job. Yeah, <laughs> <Like>, exactly. <laughs> like it's true
1: capitalism won't allow for that so yeah yeah, it, it does not not even for a second um but before we kind of switch gears too, the last thing i just wanted to to note on too like obviously and it says this in the article obviously this is an extreme case of what or maybe it's not maybe it's not an extreme case we don't really know but what i'm getting at is like cancer isn't always the end result and a doctor
0: and you shouldn't um, have to have cancer being fatphobic. for this to matter.
1: Right. That's what I'm getting at. Like, there are so many things that get dismissed because of people's weight. Um, and then eventually, what happens is that. Fat people stop going to the doctor and we've never actually tried to consider the fact that maybe fat people don't die early or whatever because they're fat which I don't even think that's I don't even think that statistic is true um, but maybe it's because they don't go to the doctor because they don't get the help they need when they're there
0: exactly and as I'm sifting through research for my dissertation where I'm trying to do some kind kind of something having to do with weight stigma and sexuality, I am finding, like, you know, I'm, I like read someone else's literature review and I'm like highlighting stuff and I just write like, duh, out to the side because (laughs) it's like, I'm just like, and then, and there's been a lot of stuff where like, I have this like hundred page document right here and (laughs) that I've been like going through and highlighting and writing notes and like, I, like, one of the things that I wrote out in the margins is, why do we need a mental health diagnosis for fat people? Um, this assumes that you must eat an excess number of calories steadily over time in order to be, quote, obese, which we know is a huge oversimplification. So <laughs> these are the notes that I'm writing because I'm just like, this research is flawed, you bastards. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah, so.
1: It's flawed, and I don't think we understand how much bias goes into... Are I don't know results we've come up with like
0: oh yeah, like the premise the premise of this um person's research is to determine whether or not sexual abuse um or sexual assault, whether in childhood or adulthood, leads to or causes quote obesity, and I'm just like, wow, and and to be fair, like from what I've read so far, there's research that indicates that um childhood sexual abuse and sexual abuse by someone like an interpersonal relationship, like, so someone in your family or a friend, like someone that you know, as opposed to like a stranger, allegedly is like significantly more traumatic as far as linking kids to adulthood obesity. And I'm like, yeah, because they're living in a tremendous amount of stress like increased yes. cortisol does that mean anything to anybody <laughs> like yeah i don't yeah. know so it just like it just shows how much like people are willing to take a snippet out of research and be like look at that trauma causes fatness and i'm like no yes exactly i think I no stress is, causes fatness, you dumbass. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good point. They look at like the that one oversimplification of the whole thing, and they don't look at all these other factors that are going into what's happening after the trauma or the stress or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have I've have had another dietitian straight up tell me that the the reason people are fat is because they've experienced trauma, and I was just like, and then and then he told me to stop cuntsplaining, so
0: I was like, all right. Oh wow. So I don't think we're going to take his opinion seriously, guys. It's going to be a fucking no for me.
1: I didn't throat punch him, so I really think that I deserve a A fucking medal.
0: (laughs) A goddamn trophy. Yep. Made of chocolate and then dipped in in gold. (laughs) Because it sounds delicious and it will be worth money. (laughs) And why not have both things? Right. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. So, anyways, she shouldn't have needed to have a cancer diagnosis for us to give a a rat's ass about this. And I realized that that's the only reason that she got invited on the Today Show was because it was such an extreme example. And, yep, it sucks. I'm also, like, not mad at her for, like, increasing her platform. Good for her. Good for the movement. Here for it. Um, Agreed. So, yeah, just tons of mixed feelings. And it's just frustrating to know that, like, if what ended up happening was that she actually, like— had celiac disease and just found out and then... Or even if she, like, had diverticulitis. Like, nobody would Mm -hmm. have been like... Nobody would have been like, whoa, let's get her on the Today Show. Like, cancer did it. (laughs) I don't know. Celiac disease might... No, that's true. That's a whole thing.
1: (laughs) There's a whole, that would lead to a whole nother uh, Today show that's just drenched
0: in diet culture. So, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, what we're saying is if you significantly rapidly lose weight, you should probably find a doctor that gives a fuck about that. (laughs) Agreed. Let's move on to our listener question.
1: Okay. So, um, did you get any information on who this question is from?
0: It appears
1: to be a woman.
0: Yes, it's a woman. She is 32. Beautiful.
1: Thank you. Okay. I've been in a relationship. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just do? <laughs>
0: You saw that too, though, right? Yeah, we have a shared Google Doc that we're both looking at, and she just did something wackadoo with it. (laughs) I
1: I, I fucked shit up, guys. Okay, Um, I've been in my relationship with my husband for the last eight or so years. We sometimes get along really well, but other times we don't. About two years ago, we had a really rough patch and separated for about six weeks. During that time, we both agreed that we would take the time to both be single and decide what we really wanted. I took the opportunity to date a little as we got together very young, and I didn't do much dating before we got married. He dated some as well, but I had a sexual relationship with one person, and my my husband can't seem to let that go. I see now that we didn't determine the parameters of the arrangement to be single before we decided on it. I still don't think I did anything wrong, but I understand that he's hurt and I've tried to be understanding and give him the time and space to figure out what he needs for me to rebuild trust. It was hard to get through, but we both wanted our marriage and we chose to get back together after the separation. I often feel like I'm on a roller coaster with him because things will seem fine, but then he will get snarky and make comments and it just makes me feel terrible. At this point, I'm feeling less trusting of him because of these comments. He also goes through periods where he's moody and quiet and he won't tell me what's wrong or talk to me at all. This will last for a day or more at a time. Then things eventually come back around where we're able to laugh together and be somewhat normal. Our sex life is also terrible. We almost never have sex anymore despite me initiating it and it's starting to feel like it's a way to punish me for that sexual relationship I had while we were separated." He said that he says things like I just don't care that much about sex even though it really contradicts who he was before this happened and he does still masturbate. I feel terrible and I don't know what to do. I want things to get better between us but I'm at a loss. Help. Okay, so like do you want to know my my very first yes. Thought? <laughs> don't hate me guys. We were on a break. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, I do hate you oh, a little
1: so- bit. i'm sorry i'm sorry if this person is listening i'm not trying to diminish what's happening in your life
0: yeah she just also loves friends
1: (laughs) (sighs) Uh, okay sorry let's get back to
0: it guys Um, i did not even what are your first thoughts (laughs) (laughs) um my my very first thought is if you are going to choose both partners i'm talking to both partners here if you are going to choose to get back together you have to actually find a way to get over the thing. And I think because of the way that men are socialized, boys and men are socialized in our culture, we this is how they think it's appropriate to handle disappointment. They think it's appropriate yes. to, like, make a snarky comment to remind you, like, hey, that thing hurt me. But instead of saying, hey, that hurt me, I need you to do X to make it better. It's just, I don't need anything, but let me throw in this snarky comment. And that just deteriorates like you said, like the listener said, like it just deteriorates your trust in them. And it's not indicating that they actually trust you anymore. So I don't think he's, I'm not willing to say, like, this is an abusive asshole. That's not where I'm coming from. I know sometimes no, I we think- go there. <laughs>
1: I, you know, I don't think it, I don't think that's the case either. I mean, mean, granted, we don't necessarily know what led up to the separation in the first place, but I also don't know if that's super relevant. It's kind of unclear. It sounds like since she didn't include it, it's not relevant, but I agree that it really does sound like he, he doesn't know how to process these emotions and he definitely doesn't know how to communicate these emotions to you.
0: Agreed. That's how I read it. And it it makes sense. Like, it fits with the fact that, like, they didn't have a conversation beforehand about what it was really going to look like to be, quote, single while they were separated. Just kind of seems like perhaps a pattern that we just don't really talk about what it is that we're expecting or what we want. And then we end up in situations where we just make little comments and get a little moody.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And eventually over time of not talking about things expectations are things that we want maybe it's like a really something maybe it's super small but over time if you continue to have those really small expectations that are never discussed like resentment builds Mm -hmm. no because your needs aren't being met or you're not even being heard because it's you know like resentment just builds from that
0: yeah so what do we think about the part where she said that he says things like i just don't care that much about sex like
1: I think I would just want to know where that's coming from. I feel like, like she says, even though it really contradicts who he was before um, this happened and he still masturbates. I don't think the masturbation part is really super correlated in my opinion, because
0: like we've talked about before, like you can have your own sexual. Yeah. You get to have a sexual relationship with yourself as well as your partner. Um, And I, I, if, if what she's saying is like, he clearly has a sex drive there. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Fair. But like, there's clearly a reason why he's not willing to be vulnerable and have intimacy with you, and I think this yeah. just further speaks to the fact that we're not we're not talking about our feelings; we're just being snarky, right? Like it all kind of seems tied together.
1: No, I agree. Like saying I just don't care that much about sex isn't actually addressing what he's actually feeling because does that doesn't sound like that's that's very true. Um, Especially because it does sound like you guys did once have a sexual relationship that was at least semi-decent because she didn't say
0: it's always sucked. No, that's... Yep, exactly. So, we're probably going to have to talk about feelings. Um, you cannot make your partner talk. So, let's be clear about that. <laughs> like, I know. the How best frustrating. That, <laughs> right. The best that you can do is be like, I still need to know what you need. I still need to know what you need. And then if you're not really getting anywhere with those conversations, like you have to decide where your boundaries are. Like, if your boundaries are, you need him to talk to you, or you need more than, I just don't care that much about sex, which you feel like is completely untrue anyway. What's the boundary? If he's not going to actually tell you what it is that he's thinking, like, how long do you stay in this pattern? How long are you willing to be treated this way? Are there, or is it, is it not even about him, like, not necessarily treating you fairly, but just that you're like, I don't want to be in a relationship with someone where we can't trust each other.
1: Right. And and she mentions that she has, she understands that he's hurt. And she's trying to give him the time and the space to figure figure out what he needs, which is, that's good. Um, I w- I'm interested to know what that looks like. What does her giving him space look like? Or the time? Or not even that, but like... Is she just leaving him alone to process this or are we like creating like a safe place for him to actually talk about his emotions to her without her getting upset? Like we don't know what her reaction has been to any of this. Like that's
0: such a good point. Yeah, because if what if what she's saying is, look, I get that you're hurt. But then every time he tries to bring it up and process his feelings, she bursts into tears. Like that's not necessarily creating an environment where he's actually able to safely discuss his feelings. That's leaving him to caretake her emotions. And like this, this is a kind of infidelity. I understand like, like, I just don't think it matters what label we put on it. Like, this is a thing that has broken trust. So whether it's cheating in air quotes or not, I'm not interested in that. And I don't know that it would be helpful to this couple to focus on that in particular. Not at all. I don't think it would. But I think focusing on like, this is a thing where trust was broken and we need to rebuild that. (laughs) That's the place where work can actually be done. Um, but if what that looks like is you having a meltdown every time it gets brought up or you, like, I like the idea of like, I just wanted to give him space. Okay. That's cool. Does that mean that you're not badgering him? Like, is it better yet? Is it better yet? Are you mad at me still? Like, no, that's fucking terrible. Please don't do that. <laughs> like, right. So if that's what you mean by giving space, you're, that's amazing. Like good first step. But if it doesn't look like you being able to hold space for the feelings that he has about this particular thing that happened, you're going to have to find a way to try to include that. I I agree and
1: we we don't know, you know, what her reactions are or what she's doing or whatever. I mean, I feel like from the way this is written she there's a good chance she is creating a safe space, but also like that this tells us nothing. We're not there. So it's hard to tell. So I think that's just something maybe to evaluate within yourself is what does that space or that time that you're giving him, what does that look like? Um and is it is it contributing to maybe him not wanting to express his emotions or could it be helping him feel a little bit safer and wanting to give you his emotions? But at the same time, I also know that whenever trust is broken, it's really hard to feel enough trust in other areas of a relationship to be able to express your emotions. So I don't know. It's just hard. But I think that this this is true for anything that would have broken that trust. That's which is why we mentioned that we don't really enjoy like putting a label on whether or not this was cheating or whatever,
0: right? And that like cycle that you just described of them like kind of like well the trust was broken and then your reaction continues to make me feel like I can't trust you and on and on and on. Like if you're chasing each other around in circles like that, it would be so helpful to go to a couples therapist because they're going to they're going to be able to see those patterns and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." What do you need in this moment instead of whatever is happening here? <laughs> and then they can kind of break mm-hmm. down the way those conversations are happening and help you rewire them. It seems like a good case for going to couples therapy. Like, it's it's one of those things where you guys keep missing each other. Like, you're just never able to get quite on the same page, never able to, like, break this pattern. And it you were committed enough to one another and to the relationship to go ahead and get back together after six weeks of separation. It's- it's been exactly. two years since then. And I know that there's like a million things that go into that. Like, we don't know if they have kids together. And if they do, then there are huge perks to remaining married. I don't know if they have the finances to actually not rely on one another financially. Like, I, I don't know. So I, I understand how you could get two years into a crappy situation and still be there because like they're extenuating circumstances. So yeah,
1: I do just feel like, I, I agree with that. I do just feel like, The fact that you guys both, like you said, you guys both chose your marriage. You both chose to work through this. And if that still holds true and it sounds like it does, then you guys are in a good place to go to a a couples therapist and they, a therapist can help create that safe space or help build that trust for you guys so that emotions can be talked about and then you can get to the bottom of it cuz really like i nothing's going to happen until we're actually able to talk about how we're actually feeling.
0: Yep. No, i completely agree and we don't we don't teach boys and men how to handle their emotions, so and certainly not how to talk about them. So it sounds like he's being a little avoidant. And that's just not working. It's not working. It's mm-hmm. not fixing things. Sure isn't. No, oh, i'm hoping It just sounds like, I don't know, it just sounds like two people that are in pain and... Yeah, I know. I kind of want to hug them. (laughs) Right? Like, it's just (laughs) two people that are like... Yeah, two people that are really sad, love each other, but don't know how to like each other or don't know how to trust each other, right? Yeah. Mm. That's hard. It is. You guys both need space to, like, feel your feelings and...
1: Because I as much as like it is so frustrating that men cannot express their emotions okay th- that was a generalization obviously not all men are this way but that a lot of times men can't like express their feelings or their emotions like i've always found that super frustrating i also feel really bad because it's society's fault too to a certain extent like we haven't as much as they need to do the work to learn how like themselves to learn how to express their emotions it's also ingrained in them, and so that's hard. And we haven't really done much as a society to help them
0: learn how to navigate those waters. Completely agree. So, yeah, it's frustrating from our perspective as women, but then it's also frustrating because it's like, our entire society is set up to fail these boys and men. And Yeah, it makes it so feel I don't, bad. Yeah, so don't, I'm not going to be permissive to the guy that told you you were cunts blaming. Mm. No, but I can certainly see how he and even the guy in this listener's life got to where they are of not being able to express their feelings. That guy's still a dick, though. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. Don't even. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about your win of the week.
1: Oh, okay. So my win for this week would have to be that I finally started taking medicine for my cough so I can sleep through the night. That is a big win, honestly. (laughs) I, okay, this is, I'm going to sound super dumb right now, but (sighs) I like, I guess I'm just not sick very often. And so I, I didn't know what, what medicine you take for coughing. Like, I don't know. Like, And then I realized, I was like, oh, wait, I think it was three o'clock in the morning when I realized this because I couldn't sleep because I was coughing up my lungs. Um, I was like, I'm pretty sure I have like Robitussin or something like that in my cabinet. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I do. It says something about cough. And then I took it and it was like instantly
0: kind of worked.
1: <laughs> Maybe
0: not instantly, then, but the relief was there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the relief was there. And then uh, yesterday I was given some cough drops because I was hacking up a lung at work. And it inst- those instantly worked. And I was like, I literally thought that cough drops were a scam. Like I have spent all 27 years of my life thinking that cough drops were just a scam. And it was just like tasty candy. Uh, <laughs> it helped my
0: cough instantly. Like <laughs> even, even just like a... Jolly Rancher will help because it like coats the back of your throat with like a nice syrupy substance. What? Like it's not the best. It's definitely better if you have like the medicated like gross kind that like really do some work back there. But yeah, just.
1: See, the only thing I remember about cough drops is going over to my friend's house when I was in elementary school and her mom always had Ludens Um, and they tasted fresh fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Luden's are what's up. Wild cherry. Mm.
0: Oh,
1: so good. I'd eat like all of them and their mom would be like, God damn it, Haley's been over. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, That's really So, yeah,
1: I I thought cough drops were a scam. Turns out they're not a scam. So, if you're sick, guys, go get cough drops. It'll help.
0: Breaking news. Haley just learned about cough
1: drops my whole world's changed
0: i mean i I imagine (laughs) (laughs) that's brilliant what's your win god i don't even know i got nothing after that (laughs) (laughs) i know mine's just too good (laughs) she finally learned about cough drops wow (gasps) mainly i'm just tired
1: (laughs) i don't know what is the win (laughs) Well, it sounds like you had a whirlwind
0: of a sleepy time last night. Yeah, it was a disaster. So my kid didn't go to bed when she was supposed to go to bed because I'm an idiot and thought that I could do a session after she went to bed because I have a client that also has kids. And so trying to rearrange my schedule with my husband traveling... So I was trying to be really accommodating. And I was like, well, I think our kids go to bed at the same time. What about this time? And they're like, okay, yeah. Well, my kid did not go to bed. <laughs> so she, oh, came no. in she came in and she was sad. And I was like, take my phone and watch a show and be quiet. <laughs> go in oh. your room. It was just, yeah. It was rough. Um, definitely not That's- how I... Want to be a therapist, but also maybe stuff happens. But yeah, and I think like it's okay to be a human, you know? Yeah. So just kind of allowing myself some grace for that. Because really, truly, she should be asleep by this time, by the time that we were meeting. And I made the mistake of telling her that I had a meeting. So then she was anxious because she knew that I wouldn't be able to like check on her. Because apparently, she in her mind, we check on her like every five minutes until we go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> she does think that
1: every yeah, and I'm I'm not there often, but whenever I am there, she's always like, "You're gonna come check on me, right?" I'm like, <laughs> uh, definitely in her mind, you're checking on her every five minutes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Little does she know, she falls asleep, and then we just veg out. <laughs> 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 like, you have to. Well,
1: Oh, yeah, for sure you have to. Well, I think that's good to allow yourself a little bit of space. I'm sure that whoever it is you had as a client had some
0: sort of understanding. Well, they have kids too, so I think that helps. But yeah, I was just like, I'm so sorry and mortified. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting here on her way, did it work? Did she like leave? (laughs) Yeah, so it did kind of work to give her my phone with the show on and, and send her out. But then she was kind of like popping her head out like... are are you still good? And I'm just like, what more do you need? You're up past your bedtime. Your light is on. You have your toys out. You have my phone playing your favorite show. Like my door's open. Your door's open down the hall. Like you, you can see me like, why, why? (laughs) And I like, not everyone's kids are this needy, but mine are. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what I've done. <laughs> I adore them, I and I think- love that they're snuggly. But I would love for my kids to be able to chill out in their room with all of their favorite things without needing me. Twenty four seven, yeah, no, that's for, for forty five minutes. Valid. I mean, that's just that seems like plenty of time. But anyways, handled it well. I didn't get mad at her, and really like if. My husband hadn't left yesterday for a work trip. I might have been kind of pissed with my kid over it, but like her world is being rocked a little bit. So, yeah, no, I understand.
1: It's hard. These are just
0: the things being a parent's hard, dude. Every minute of it. Anyways, thank you all for listening. If we messed anything up or you have questions, comments, concerns, you can find us on Instagram at sex at every size or email us sex at every size at gmail.com. You can find me at Cassie Wilnauer LPC on TikTok and Instagram. And oh, and please subscribe, rate and review. It really helps us get seen and we appreciate that. All right. See you guys next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.